0: And Welcome to Manga MangaSplaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, David Brothers. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at Mangasplaining.com. And like I said in my intro, which I got on the first try, my name is David Brothers, and we are here to talk about some manga. This week, we're talking about Taito Kubo's Bleach, which is one of my favorite series and has been basically since I started reading Shonen Jump around whenever the magazine started in the U.S., 2002, 2003. The physical magazine, you picked it up off the racks? Yeah, a couple years ago, I went to my grandparents' place, and they still had half of the phone book volumes in the garage, which was very surprising. And they weren't as gross as I would have expected for something that's been in the attic for 20 years. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so back in the day... They used to publish Shonen Jump in print in the US and it was kind of a phone book book type anthology, let's say, where there's a bunch of issues and they're all maybe 200, 400 pages long. And it was an amazing way to read comics. I'd read like Marvel Comics Presents as a kid. I'd seen a little bit of 2000 AD by that point, which are all mostly short stories in an anthology. But these were like whole chapters, whole issues. So it really made an impression. And Bleach was one of those that really caught my I because it had such like a funky style like it was clearly manga it was clearly like japanese comics but something about the proportions and the styling and even the chapter titles for the different story arcs that were going on it just felt different hmm. and in terms of american perception for a long time the big three in manga were bleach naruto and one piece three series that started more or less around the same time And all went on to, like, great success and then kind of differing success over the years. Naruto ended a few years back and relaunched as Boruto, which is the story of the son of Naruto. One Piece is a thousand plus chapters in at this point. Like, I think it's neck and neck with, like, action comics and in much, much less time. And Bleach is one that just kind of ended and then went away. There haven't been a lot of movies. There haven't been a lot of, you know, supplementary material But they recently animated the last story arc for the manga, which kind of brought me back into thinking about how much I enjoyed looking at this book. And all that long preamble is to say, I wanted to bring this to manga explaining because it's such a singular work that I think you have to read dozens of volumes to really get it, like to kind of grow along with Kubo and those characters. But I really want to talk about the beginning and ending of Shonen manga with the gang. I thought reading the first volume of Bleach, the one that captured my eye, you know, back when I was but a young lad, and then the beginning of the final arc of Bleach, which brought me back into the fold. That's where I'd stopped reading Bleach for a long time. Kind of a weird idea. One might even say a cockamamie idea, but we're going to go for it and talk about the Bleach volume one and 55. So we should say Lance Castleman and Joe Yamazaki get translation credit for Bleach. And Andy Ristano did the touch-up and lettering art on the first volume. I think different people were working by volume 55, but we'll get there later. So I'm obviously very in the bag for Bleach. And I like it. I think it goes interesting places. And I don't want to tilt the discussion one way or the other until I find out what the gang has to say. So, Christopher, how do you feel about
1: Bleach? (laughs) I had the occasion to... I read this when it came out, too. I was reading Shonen Jump off the racks when it was released. I was working at a comic book store then. So uh, Shonen Jump, I would love to just spend the whole episode talking about the, the physical Shonen Jump monthly right? books in <laughs> North America, because it's so interesting, and why they had to change is so unfortunate. But I actually had the, the good fortune to go and reread the, the, the not off mentioned fourth Horseman of these particular apocalypse people, which is Shaman King which was the other oh, series yeah. that was in Shonen Jump that launched it around the same time. But Creator Shaman King had kind of a falling out with the Shuei with the Shonen Jump staff, and moved his work over to Kodansha. And it's just been in the process of being re-released by Kodansha. So I actually started at the beginning, and I read the first omnibus volume of Shaman King because, you know, I didn't really get into it back in the day. But it's like, oh, there's got to be something else here. And yeah, rereading this was, a, was very similar as an activity because there's a lot of stuff that did not age well in both shaman king volume one and in bleach volume one (laughs) there's none of it is where it ends up being and actually from the first chapter of both i had a really hard time figuring out how this actually ever got popular by the end of the first volume i was in a different place i was like okay i could see how he's but I, i could not figure out how he got through like a brutal slog <laughs> and that is the <laughs> shonen jump like mill right where they're like oh you're not popular on your first three chapters you're done and we saw that a little bit with i was thinking back which shonen have we read shonen jump have we read thinking mm-hmm. about it back about naruto and my hero and naruto i think we we all realized got massively retooled after like the third chapter that was already the third version of naruto that he had tried to do before they published it so i am uh I'm a little shocked at this, at the volume one, because I think it is, I don't think it's good, but it has a lot of things in it that a certain young fan might really enjoy. So I could see how it could hook you, Mm -hmm. but it's just, I, this is, this was, when did Bleach, when did this originally come out in Japanese? Do you know? Uh, 2002. 2001 I'm sorry. Okay. So over 20 years ago, the formula for the first chapter of a shonen jump title has come a long way in 20 years. Was this was the big thing cuz I could see the I could see the formula going along with with chapter 1 and then with volume 1. Mm-hmm. And you we often talk about it like it's a formula that shonen jump uses. So how much has it really changed? But like yeah, I th- there's a lot going on in this first book. So yeah, I didn't enjoy it, but I think it's interesting. And I think I actually loved going and reading Volume 55 as well. Uh, I'll save that for the second half. But <laughs> I actually, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel bad, too, because I know how much you like Bleach, and I, I don't see what's in this first volume for people that, that makes it, that elevates it, let's say, above mm-hmm. other similar material. And I wanted to, like, I actually don't like it when I'm the guy who doesn't like your picks. It makes me feel bad. But yeah, yeah. It's okay. Your uh, hate only makes me stronger. So (laughs) bring it on. (laughs) Well, good. Working it out. Working it out. All right. See, that's what I, that's, that's what I thought. Never ask me to go first again. I always feel bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Deb, how about you? How did Bleach strike you? Were you a reader back in the day? We can call this back in the day because it was 20 years ago. I, you, I
2: guess so yeah i guess i wasn't like an early adopter of bleach mm-hmm. you know I, I got the magazine but i wasn't ever a subscriber so, well no i was a subscriber because i still have the Yu-Gi-Oh cards to prove it
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they used to come with the yugioh cards that was supposed to be a, a key value add yeah he subscribed yeah i don't know it's like reading the first volume again it was like Wow, it was it was so different than what it, like, volume 55 is. Mm-hmm. Because he spends a lot of that first chapter explaining a ton of stuff. You know, oh. like, oh, like, this is Ichigo. Ichigo can see ghosts. His sisters can kind of see him, but not as good as he can. And, you know, and then there's this whole thing about the Soul Society, and he has to explain all the lore in, like, two chapters, right? And it's, it makes it super dense. yeah. Kind of like you know, like a, the indie band that like puts all their heart and soul into that first album, like everything they got. He he just threw everything out there. Like you either get it or you don't. Know, like like Chris was alluding to, it's any new shonen jump series kind of comes with this time limit, this clock, right? <laughs> like, like you gotta sell readers on the concept of your story within five chapters, or you're gone. So, you can kind of get this sense of like he's doing the song and dance really fast to try to get you on board with his concept. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because it's the way it starts out, it starts out as a kind of like a comedy, right? Like Ichigo's got like his dad and his sisters who don't respect him, and the ghosts are kind of goofy, a little, little goofy too. And then it's like, oh, and then Rukia's like, she ends up going to school with him. So like it's a high school comedy a little bit, right? Like, Oh, this is high school kid with a secret other life, like nighttime side job, killing demons. And there's tons of stories like that. There's like Kikaishi, which I also love a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry. Don't mention that manga. People are going to inundate our uh, podcast with people begging for Viz to finish the series. Somehow <laughs> no. Kikaishi is like one of the great unfinished it's- manga. And no, now they're just going to come for us. They're going to come for us.
2: No, it finished.
1: Wait, Kakashi finished it Yeah,
2: at this? The, I have What's the entire the I'm thinking of Gintama.
1: Gintama. Oh no, now <laughs> I mentioned it. Oh, you
2: now I've, you've done I've it. I've
1: summoned them. I've summoned <laughs> them. I'm sorry. No,
2: Gintama <laughs> finished and uh, no no, sorry. Kikaishi finished and it's awesome and you, you all should read it. okay. The thing that kinda like it got pretty fashionable at a certain point to make fun of Bleach, right? Mm. Like Bleach was coasting. Bleach is just like endless fighting and where is it all going? Revisiting volume fifty five, it's like, oh, that's right. This is when he kind of like did started doing his victory lap. Like like started like (laughs) getting everything all together and saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the story and I'm gonna end it with a bang. I'm gonna tie all the loose ends up and it's gonna be epic. And so you see it's it's interesting because if you go straight from volume one to fifty five, you don't even think it's the same story. (laughs) <laughs> like art-wise, tone-wise, there's a ton of lore. There's a ton of vocabulary, like the different tribes, like the Quincy's and the Arancars and blah blah blah. And the only way you can tell them apart is because some of them speak Spanish and some of them speak German, <laughs> something like that. And but he's a, he's I think he's a great artist. I just feel like he kind of got. I don't know, like it's I think it's impossible to let me, me well okay, let me so you know like in Common Rider where we thought Common Rider like Chiotar Ishimura was just making shit up every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Bleach felt like that. <laughs> like, let's make this whole fight last for one whole chapter and the background is all white. Because they're in this white world. It's white self-classic <laughs> artist like... move.
3: <laughs> oh classic.
0: Brilliant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone's like, Oh, he's just coasting, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when we did the best and worst manga panel one year, and you said Bleach was the best, and everyone groaned at you.
0: Oh, that <laughs> super funny. <laughs> it was super funny. <laughs> People got so mad at me. <laughs> it got so it got
2: so fashionable to dis Bleach as being kind of lazy or you know just uh, big swords and fighting. But yeah. David stood up for Bleach, and we are here talking about Bleach today because. David still believes in bleach.
3: He continues to stand up for bleach. Yes.
0: good job. <laughs> I hundred
2: percent respect that. Anyway,
0: nice. And so, Chip, I feel like this is giving you X Men number one by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and then X Men number one by Jim Lee and Chris Claremont, like back to back.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can. I can see that. Yeah. Except, I don't think X Men number one by Lee and Kirby was very good. Mm. Whereas, I think this first volume is actually pretty decent Mm. there's like a there's an i mean there's a there's an energy there it's it's not for me for sure at the ripe old age of 47 Mm -hmm. but reading Mm -hmm. it i'm just like oh man like i really would have dug this if i came into it at a younger age if i was Mm -hmm. like in my teens or something i think i would have really enjoyed this partly because of all the front loading stuff Like, all the explanations of the, you know, oh, but they mean this and this and that and this and the powers and the hollows or whatever. I think I would have dug that a lot as a younger reader. And the Mm -hmm. energy and the humor really spoke to me. Because there there are some actual, like, funny things in this first volume. Like, I forget her name, but the, the girl who imagines her racing against him
0: oh yeah they
3: pass the other racer she's like all of a sudden she's got boxing gloves and then someone from the crowd comes out with a gun (laughs) it just makes no sense it's super funny and then she comes to reality she's like look out run me i mean champ like it's it's so dumb and so funny but then like then there was like the, the really kind of like the tender moment like the story of like the deceased brother and the sister and when the sister finally gets to say, like, have a nice day
0: mm-hmm.
3: right at the end of her life. The thing that she was supposed to say to him before she realized it was like the last time they'd see each other. I'm like, that's actually really sweet, and especially in like kind of a young person manga. Hmm. It's like it's 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 almost too old of an idea for kids, for the youths Mm. But but I think I think it really really worked here. It was super sweet. I, I know I wasn't necessarily a fan of the art, but I was a fan of the energy of the art. You mm-hmm. can tell in volume 1 that they just want to get as much onto the page as possible. Like they're just like, "All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Like this is my shot." And yeah, I, I liked it. I actually like volume 1 more than I like volume 55.
0: Interesting. Mm.
3: Because like it's funny you compare this like X-Men 1 to X-Men 1 But that's Mm -hmm. kind of off. I think it's X-Men 1 to like X-Men 257 or 259 or 362. Because at least with that second X-Men 1, you're kind of introduced to it. And like everyone still kind of explains like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm the best at what I do. What I do isn't very nice. Oh, oh, Uh, Cher. You know, if I touch you, uh, I steal your powers. Whereas volume fifty five here did not have that. <laughs> like volume yeah. fifty five, I'm just like, what? What are they saying? Who are they talking about? What is this? What's that guy? Like the, the language in volume fifty five is just so is as convoluted as like any kind of random issue of the X Men from the '90s or something. Yeah, for sure. I, I felt like my I felt like my dad. I felt like I felt like <laughs> if I had handed X Men to my dad, like you just gotta read an issue, you'll get it. And my dad's just like, what are they? Some totality of my psychic powers. What is she talking about? Like, just like it, it felt like that kind of language to me now as an old man. I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was curious how it would hit because, like, I realized reading these back to back that shonen manga build up so much lore over the course of the series. There are all yeah. these mm. like, major villains that last for dozens of volumes and are never mentioned again except when the hero needs motivation. There are all these like, special powers and things. In the first volume, Rookie is like, I lost all my dark force. They never call it that again. <laughs> like, <you> know, just, <laughs> you know, like He reinvents the setting and the story so often. What did you think of the art in Volume 55?
3: Okay. My, I think my expectations were higher. Okay. Because we've we've done this before a little bit, like with My Hero Academia, we, we, we read volume one, which was like, okay, art. And then I remember mm-hmm. you showing us like, oh, here's like volume whatever. I'm like, oh, wow, they really stepped up. Whereas with this, I'm like, oh, they stepped up in some ways and back in others. Like there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of like cutting corners in the later volume. And there's a discrepancy between the various artists working on it because it feels like there's multiple artists working on it. Like just some really kind of weird light detailing that just doesn't help at all, versus like kind of some of the bolder figures. So I'm just like, oh, it's such a, it's a weird mix. I think volume fifty five. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, strangely, even though it's more amateur, I probably like the art in volume one more.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. I was just gonna say before when we were talking about like all the lore and like the stuff that I couldn't quite catch. I literally just opened up a random page at the end of volume fifty-five and the first two speech balloons said, I did expunge twenty-eight thousand residents of Rukongai using twelfth company officers without authorization to correct the Kampaku equilibrium. I how am I
0: supposed to know what any of that means?
3: <laughs> there's just, there's nothing there's nothing in this that helps me figure that out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and I, it's funny, looking at this, I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously he disappeared a bunch of ghosts from this one district. Like, it makes sense because I've read this so often. Yeah, But it is, like, Star Trek nonsense, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> the one thing I think of with Bleach every now and again is Yu Yu Hakusho as kind of a predecessor to it, which was a phenomenally successful and popular Shonen Jump manga, also about Like a ghost hunter, essentially. There's this kid who would get an assignment to go and have to go fight a ghost and shoot it with his, you know, ghost laser pistol cannon. And I think this has kind of a similar treatment of a main character where, like, he's a delinquent, but everyone likes him and he's fundamentally a nice guy. Which is this thing that pops up in Shonen manga over and over. Like, Naruto is this kind of guy. I think Luffy is a little more honest about being that type of guy. But the characters are such. Sketches, though, such types to me sometimes, and I was curious. Christopher, did anyone strike you as being particularly interesting or resonant? Like rereading this time around, the girl whose brother turns into a oh, may
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Orhime. Oh, she was great. I thought the the humor that Chip mentioned with her, like having like a fantasy sort of sequence, that was maybe my favorite part of the first volume. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I think her character design is like Shonen girl design. Number two. Number one is uh,
2: whatever. Number two
1: is the klutzy cute friend with huge boobs who does like whatever. And like her character design of that first volume is just like, wow, we know why you're there. But I think her character is really interesting. And I was totally in love with the fact that she's still around in volume 55. Actually, I thought that was super cool. Where she's like got healing powers and stuff now, and she's like that's actually great. I was so happy to see that she didn't suffer Shonen Girl Syndrome, where it's just like we made you underpowered until you're useless and we get rid of you. So that was cool. I liked her, and I liked that she was legitimately funny and that she was integral to the plot. And she has a history with the lead character, but it isn't set up in like a Nisekoi kind of bullshit way, where it's like we're actually going to be together forever kind of stuff. It like felt very. Much like a natural, that was a drive by on Nisikoi, by the way. It's just yeah, like yeah. the worst shounen romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it. A, I liked her a lot. And I think I liked just the brief glimpses of her we got in volume 55 as well. She seemed like she had been through a lot as a character and still had a lot to offer. And that was kind of cool. Thinking back to volume one, mm-hmm. I don't know, the, the man mountain dude that's introduced in the last chapter, who's on the oh, cover Chad. of one of the later volumes. Yeah, Chad. Uh, he seems <laughs> fine. He seems like an interesting character. Like they all are, they're all types. They're all types in the first volume. And they don't go much beyond, much beyond that in the first mm-hmm. volume. So it's tough to say, but I didn't find any of them objectionable. But I, th- I think the possible love interest lady or girl, I guess, in this volume was maybe the most potentially interesting
0: uh, to me. And it's cool that
1: you it far. Yeah.
0: And Deb, so the last episode of the podcast I edited as we're recording this is the Baki episode, where we talk about your Fujoshi meter. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 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 And I was wondering, how does Bleach strike you? Is there anything, is there any Fujoshi bait in here? Anything good on that front?
2: Oh, so much. (laughs) So much. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I... I'm so divorced from it now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what were the big pairings. You know, because obviously, Naruto, it's Naruto and Sasuke is a big pair, right? Yeah. And with this one, I don't know what the big what the pair was. Was it Ichigo and Chad? I think oh, Ichigo and Ishida. No, it's that
1: other pretty boy from volume 55 with the
0: glasses. Yeah, the nerd.
2: Uh, oh, uh-huh. that guy. Oh, the no, rival. wait. And, no, it was the guy with the red hair. It was not in this volume.
0: Oh, alright. Oh, yeah, 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 him too. Yeah, yeah. I love that.
2: I, guy. I, it was kind of fun because for a period of time, like you could tell whenever Taito Kubu introduced a new character, because it would show up as cosplay mm. at, at a show. It's like, oh, that's a new Soul Reaper. Okay, and then there was a period of time when people had like their big foam version of the the sword, and <laughs> that's when that's when anime cosplayers figure out like, oh this shit's heavy to carry around all day <laughs> even if it's foam <laughs> so yeah.
3: god now i want to i want like an oral history of cosplay like when mm. someone broke through this particular barrier like oh <laughs> foam <laughs> <laughs>
2: right because i actually saw people make it out of wood and that is the biggest, yeah. biggest biggest mistake for this huge blade right oh yeah. that would be that would, actually weapon.
3: really fascinating
0: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah
3: that's true <laughs> i like I, it
2: i mean I, I enjoyed like some of the humor right because by the time you get to 55 chad and Uru and like orihime they have this little like this kind of chemistry or this kind of friendly type of bickering going on like mm-hmm. like chad i think it's like page 15 it's like we'll go help you f- fight this guy since as as we finish eating and then ichigo yells back i'll be done by then <laughs> you know like yeah dumbasses. (laughs) like it's very (laughs) like fighting demons is no like it's every day right like uh, you know it's like i'll be done before you guys finish eating your ramen kind of thing and so that was kind of charming Mm -hmm. and then the part about like oh it's like you know someone puffing up their chest being proud of something and the other person saying you don't have much of a chest to puff out like
0: classic anime joke (laughs) Classic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so some of it's like, oh, that's good. He didn't lose his, his goofy sense of humor for, that we saw in Volume 1. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as, like, the Fujoshi thing, like, it's, I think he's just always had really, um, some pretty studly male characters. Yeah. But he's also mm-hmm. had really good female characters, and he's also had some nice diversity going on. Like, Chad is Mexican, Ch- Japanese, mm-hmm. I think. There's been some I don't know about black, but dark skinned characters. So it's kind of been neat to see that he introduces so many different types of people, old, young, big, big, thin, short, tall. Like it's interesting. And so it makes it a little easier to follow sometimes, although it Mm -hmm. is a huge cast. (laughs) Yes. A huge, huge cast of characters and it's intimidating to keep up with, but yeah, I think, I think there was a, there's a, there's a Fujoshi appeal to it, but I don't think it's as high as Haiku, for example. Like Haiku, that's
0: true. Oh, yeah, Haiku is ruthless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait,
1: let's make let's make Chip read Haiku next.
2: It's a volleyball oh, no. manga.
3: Well, I do like volleyball,
2: but I like the way he draws action. You know, mm. like I think there's a certain elegance to how he shows force and uh, sword strokes with a different lines and heavy blacks, and that you know, like like this person's swords, you know, strikes look like breaking glass and this guy's, you know, powers look like fire and it's all done with just pen and ink in different ways he puts ink on the page and i thought that was really elegant.
0: Yeah. The the art's a big draw of this for me. From i agree volume 1 looks super rough especially right next to volume 55. Mm-hmm. But there's something about like the evolution from like a 24-year-old kid drawing everything he can so like a 40-ish dude being like, I can still draw whatever I want, and nobody can necessarily stop me. And <laughs> there are some pages in here where you can really feel it. And it makes it exciting to read. Like learning how to read comics art has made like reading comics so much better for me. Just like studying the storytelling, figuring out like why people make the decisions that they make. And this guy has such a singular style. Like I can't think of many people who do this kind of like not pretentious, but like artistic fight scenes like you're talking about? Like there's so many people who just kind of explode into blood or you know have like this weird 2D, 3D effect on their moves. I don't know. It's really appealing. Chip, what did you I, I gotta push back? I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: I, I have this such a hard time with the storytelling in this book. And I really? th- kind of thought it like I didn't think it was just me, but if you flip to one thirty two, one thirty three of uh, volume fifty five. Uh, Volume one, sorry. Volume Volume one. one. Yeah. And I didn't find the storytelling much easier in volume 55, honestly. It was the thing that I felt like had improved the least in terms of his art. But like Mm -hmm. this, this, I don't know. Like the first time through, okay, like 132, snake tails coming at him, close up on snake scales with a sword, close up on his face, explosion. Like he's like skidding out of the. like I guess the window, but his like hand is on the ground at the same time, but he, he can't be on the ground for that flap noise because he's in midair. Uh, like I don't, yeah, I, I find it very, very hard to follow when people are fighting. And he does this thing where like, he doesn't show a lot of the impacts. Sometimes he'll like have someone about to attack on the end of a page and then at the beginning of the next page, the attack has already happened and we're seeing the like, it, it really feels unconfident in a way that a lot of the other shonen that we've read, be, like there are more direct actions. I think we were talking about, you brought this up with Ranma, with Rumiko Takahashi, where mm-hmm. she's not generally showing every single movement. She's just showing sort of like the before and then the after kind of a thing. And I find that at least with Baki, every movement was super clean. Like you could follow how the characters were moving through space in a way that I, uh, I really appreciated. And maybe, maybe I'm just an old man
2: now actually (laughs) as well.
1: But like, I found the storytelling in this, uh, the the visual storytelling, even before we get into volume 55 with like, as if it's not confusing to drop in like lore words to just drop in other random bits from other languages (laughs) as well. Like I found the storytelling very confusing pretty much throughout the
3: first volume. And I, I guess I'm on my own on that. Uh, I don't know. It's. I mean, yeah, there are parts that were confusing, but there also there were parts that were just like really fun and things that I haven't really seen a lot of. Like even in that fight scene you're talking about, like uh, I love on the top of 135 where the end of the tentacle hits him, and it's such a it's such a fun angle for that smack, and then the second panel just being that impact
1: always like, hitting on the ground
3: yeah, yeah 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 i i i really there, there okay, are things that, like that, that what's happening that in that panel
1: i could not oh, know okay what was yeah. happening in that panel at first because the i mean the, the sound effects are huge and in english and that's whatever but like yeah so he's getting hit that's like the back of the tentacle because i couldn't tell yeah if it was a physical thing hitting him or it was just like when characters if you look at page 134 and you see where the acid hits and it sort of has a splash effect Sometimes Mm -hmm. like movement leaves a trail of like empty white space. And I thought like something had hit him and moved on and I couldn't tell what was,
0: I couldn't Mm. tell what was going on, but I guess. All the the, uh, soul reapers can basically fly and then also move in the air like this if they're on the ground, because sure, probably the most important part of the series is that if it's cool, Kubo puts it into the comic, which is why there's so much Spanish and German. And they're all from like different locations in the afterlife.
1: One thirty-four has the clearest storytelling, where it's like guy spits venom, medium shot reaction of Ichigo where he's like venom is coming. Next panel, venom has hit him. Next panel, venom is burning him. Next panel, he's looking at his hand and going acid. Next panel, close up on his face. But then, like yeah, that hit just comes out of nowhere at the like, like there is clear storytelling here. Like he knows how to tell a story. Mm -hmm. Or like the section where that's a whole page just before this sequence starts where. A uh, girl with the R name. Uh, what's her name? Is hiding in the closet at their house. Uh, Rukia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, page ninety-nine, where it's a whole page with almost no text, where she's just hiding in the the storage area, the storage closet where you put your futons at night, and that's where she lives now. Which I thought was actually a pretty funny gag. That page was super clear and had like a lot of breathing and a lot of like, like it's almost like it comes from a different manga. <laughs> to me, because wow. all the other stuff that's happening is like the next page has just so much random shit going on, and
3: well, that's—I mean, I it, think that's that's the point of it.
1: Yeah,
0: it's like, a pacing joke. Yeah, and I—I I think it's great. I actually but, really, but like also it. I would it, love it, more of that
3: it's the comparison of like, yeah, that page ninety-nine is very like it's it's clear, but it's also very boring. Like, there's not even a lot of like size differentiation between several of the panels. But then when chaos. happens then it gets confusing like i I think that's kind of part of the appeal of those fight scenes is that Mm. like it's some of it's hard to make out on the first go around which is how it would be in that fight but then if you look at it again it's
1: unclear on the page because it would be (laughs) unclear in real life that's a stretch bro
3: no, I'm, no <laughs> I am no, it I'm,
1: kind
0: of works. There's some merit to it because yeah, sure, especially, yeah. especially
3: especially no, especially what you hit volume 55 because a lot of the action is like really weird kind of close-ups and weird crops. So it's 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 very much like kind of throwing you into it and kind of discombobulating you a bit as a reader. I'm not saying it's necessarily successful, but there's clearly stuff in here that is successful that shows that they know what they're doing. Like one 115 like there's some really nice panels in in this volume one, like that teddy bear with a yeah. hand exploding out of her back, and then that close up of her eye, and then her falling back. Like it's really, really well done. This is as good as any of the kind of the great manga that we've talked about before. But yeah, I mean, he, they could spend more time. I think, like you know, that that one page you point out, well, one thirty three, where you're like, "Is he skidding on the ground? No, he's skidding in air." Like It's a cool Obviously. idea, and it's a cool shot, but they sh- he could have set it up better so the reader understood what the rules are in this manga, because that panel is too cluttered, especially once you put in the word balloon, to really sell the fact that he's skidding as if it's the ground, but he's above all those houses. Hmm. So there's, there's I think there's failure on the part of the artist to kind of properly convey, like I said, the rules of some of these things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm defending, uh, <laughs> defending the, uh, the chaos of it too much. But I feel like on a certain level, it's like it, it works.
0: I think there's definitely an element of rushing to get to the hero shot sometimes. Like that yeah. big, super cool moment. Like the skidding is a great idea. Every three or four pages, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And yeah. by the time you get to the point where Orihime's hugging her brothers, like, ghost monster body like all being swallowed at the same time like that is a wild image oh it's a great image yeah Mm -hmm. and volume 55 i'm so glad that deb described this last arc as a victory lap because all these like everything from 55 on builds to those moments repeatedly for each character like everyone gets like their next moment in the spotlight even the way ichigo is introduced in the volume where there's these two goons who get jumped and then he shows up and instantly defeats the bad guys it's like, oh, when they did the animation, that's when, like, the theme music, like, spun up really loudly. Like, all the metal was playing. It's, like, the cool moment. And as a kid, like, it's not story light. Like, there's still a lot of story, a lot of lore, a lot of storytelling going on. But I think it was the cool moments that kept me going more than anything else. Like, I knew that I would get, like, at least one awesome drawing a week. Which sometimes mm. is enough, I think. And yeah. I still love the title pages. But so I want to end, before we do final thoughts, with a question of the shipping variety. Because one thing is that when Bleach ended, the final pairings were slightly controversial. People weren't super happy with the choices that Kubo made. So, Deb, who do you think Ichigo ends up with in volume, in the final volume of Bleach? Who's your best guess? Isn't
2: that super spoilery?
0: Yeah, but well, I mean, at this we'll point... let people know if they want to if they want to fast yeah. forward.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Orihime, right?
0: Yeah, Chip.
3: Who's your Who's your guess? I have no guess. I don't know who any of these characters are. <laughs> he, has no, he has no skin in the I game. Have, here. I, have, I yeah. have no context really for any of that.
0: <laughs> Christopher, how about you? Who do you think he ends up with?
1: If I had to pick, I'd pick Orihime.
0: And you haven't read this before, right? No. Uh, Why would you pick her over Rukia? So, Rukia,
1: thank you. I will use the correct name till the end of the episode. Yeah, for the next three minutes. I I legitimately didn't vibe with enough things in this manga that I didn't need to pull shit out of thin air,
2: (laughs) I guess,
1: (laughs) to do this, for example. But since we're doing that anyway, the art in volume 55 is much better. Chip is dead wrong because in volume one, he looks like a sassy middle-aged lesbian.
3: Oh no. In volume
1: 55. That's why I love it. He looks like an actual teen boy and I will put this image in the show notes but oh my god I can't believe this is supposed to be a 15 year old. Anyway, it is amazing how much she has improved as an artist in uh, 55 volumes. Hard yeah. to disagree with what Chip said before. So like, yeah, yeah. I could just pull stuff out of the there. why does the first chapter have to have a girl getting depowered to like for the boy to do his mm. job? Right? yeah obviously stuff happens so much stuff happens she's only ricky is only briefly mentioned i think in one panel in volume 55 due to something or other but like if they were going to be you know like they could just be co-workers you could just have a platonic female friend the childhood friend who's super in love with you maybe could be the one that you get together or here's the thing you could maybe grow and change as a person because it's not anime like if it's not anime and you could <laughs> meet anyone else in the intervening 20 plus years like why didn't they flash forward to the end to see who she goes with and it's just like oh it's a character you've never met because not everything important in your life happens when you're 16. Anime, know about that one you are moved <laughs> anime <laughs>
0: what
1: it's 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 one of the things that i loathed about harry potter too it's like all these characters you're gonna pair them all off one by one at the end of this book to make all the fans happy and it's like gross it's like people grow and change we're not the people that we were when we're nine or ten or whatever or 15 or 16 and like you know if you met your 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 you know your high school sweetheart or your grade school sweetheart is who you married today good more power to you uh like i don't give a shit but like why in fiction do we want to pair up everybody that's been on the page until the very end like that creeps me right out.
3: So if, Because I, I didn't if, I didn't have a I didn't have a reader like studying my <laughs> life when I was in high school and all the foibles I had with my girlfriend back then.
1: <laughs> I would read that book. You, sure. you no one can do it for you, buddy. No one can That's do it for you. That's true. So yeah, I would pick Orihime because of the options presented to me in volumes one and fifty five, she's the only one that seems like a person.
0: I like it. That's a very thorough answer.
2: Well, that was an interesting thing. Like the interview I did with him in 2018 at Comic-Con, he was mm-hmm. kind of saying like, you know, why is everyone all bent on making this romantic?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. like, or looking for pairings or looking for some kind of romance. This is not the story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: Sorry. Did you say you interviewed Kubo?
2: I did. Yeah.
1: Tell us more about that.
2: <laughs> I, want, yeah, that I, want more <laughs> I want
1: more depth. <laughs> interviews with the author. That never happens on this
0: podcast.
2: It's one of the few articles from myabout.com manga days that has not disappeared into the ethers. You can; it's still online. Tower of Bleach. Yeah, there you go. No, he, he was kind of a rock star, right? I mean, like he came in the middle of his run, kind of like what's his name, the guy who did uh, My Hero Academia, like in the middle of his run of his very popular series versus Masashi Kishimoto and Hajime Isayama, who came after their series ended and they had some breathing room. Mm. So. Very interesting, but it was also kind of like super funny because I said, "Oh, it was his first trip to outside of Japan to meet fans," and I said, "When did you figure out that your work is really popular with overseas fans?" And he goes, "Yesterday." <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. go, I'll, I'll put the link to the interview in the show notes. But yeah, he was, he was surprisingly droll. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, that was the same with Kishimoto, and I'm when I met Kishimoto Sensei, who created Naruto. I did an interview with him when he came to after after Naruto completed, and when they were announcing that Boruto was coming, and he had no idea of the fame that he had in North America, like. He's pretty. I think if you're a mangaka, you're pretty insulated from a lot of that. Like you can't even talk to any of these dudes without going through their editor, and their editor has to go through the company president or the company, you know, hierarchy. You know, anything you send to to that guy goes through like eleven hands before it gets to him, and most of it doesn't get to him. But yeah, he had no idea that he was like you would see a sales figure and go, "Oh, Naruto sold just just cracked a million copies in print," and he's like, "Oh, okay, that's okay because in Japan it's at like ten or whatever, right?" But. Yeah, when he got there and he saw what a room of three thousand people that were there to see him looked like, it blew his mind. Like it really blew his mind in a bad, like maybe in a bad way. Like to be confronted with your popularity and have no idea it's coming. Like imagine any of you walks into a room and there's three thousand people chanting your name and the name of something that you made. It's just like fourth letter, fourth letter, fourth (laughs) letter. And David's
0: just like, I'd leave. What has happened? But also, I need some money, so I'd probably roll with it for a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Man. yeah, it's, that's wild. That's wild. Cool. So, we should do final thoughts. I'm going to go last as my you know, host, Fiat. And let's go, Deb, <laughs> Chris, and then Chip. Deb, what are your final thoughts on our little experiment here with reading Bleach?
2: I will say that. It's been a while since I have read Bleach, and it's probably one that I'm kind of overdue to do a binge read, like I did with One Piece, like reading it mm. all the way through. Because it's such a different experience to read Shonen Jump as a complete experience, rather than yeah. just drip, drips and drabs week by week by week. Especially with Bleach, which kind of the drips were kind of drippy, like like, <laughs> like you would get like fight, 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 end, and then you have to wait for the next week and a be more. Continue in the same fight, 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 fight. And they go like, wait, what just happened? Like, wait, who is this again? And like, like, there's a lot of pieces going on. And so it would do me good to read it all over again <laughs> and appreciate yeah. it. Again, and, you, and really get the sense of the, the arc of the, the evolution of the story and where it eventually went. So I'm glad, I'm excited to be reintroduced to this story again and be have my curiosity peak to do that.
0: I'll count that as a win. Christopher. <laughs> what's your final thoughts on Bleach? I liked I liked it better than
1: on this reread from you know twenty years ago. I liked it better than I liked Shaman King in the reread recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. But I also didn't skip to the end of Shaman King like we did with this too. <laughs> yeah, volume fifty five was impenetrable and I think the X-Men comparison is so funny because it is just full of Claremontisms where it's just like someone's talking and then they slip into German for two words for no reason. Uh, Like awesome. Loved it. Very Nightcrawler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was a, it was a really putting my meta textual hat on for a second. It was a good episode of the podcast uh, to do this. (laughs) I'm actually super on board with it because I think we have done the, how does a creator develop over a long period of time? Both in structured and unstructured ways, but something like this, it's it's such a singular work, and I think that that's, I think I was maybe on board with that idea, but hearing you guys talk about it actually has maybe convinced me a little bit more. It's like, yeah, he's just like he is kind of a rock star, where he's just like putting everything he wants to put onto the page at all times, whether it strictly works or not. And I think that's really cool, actually, uh, in on reflection, but. It doesn't make for the best reading experience for me, but you know he got seventy plus volumes, so he must know what he's doing, right? Like he he beat the shonen jump system more or less. And I will actually ask you a question, just because I, I I get to yeah. So so bleach ended. What was burn the witch? Burn the witch because there was like a is... he did a weird sequely thing. Like what is going on with that? I don't. It's a I do
2: stand-alone, standalone story.
0: I mean, it's almost like isn't it, literally Excalibur. To this is X Men, and that it's set oh, in really? the UK. And it's about dragons and their solar oh. <laughs> powers. <laughs> but it's, it's set like in a the very universe. thin tie-in. Yeah, same. There's, I don't want to say too much because there's like uh, plot reasons that they kind of get into.
3: Okay,
1: wild. And yeah. I like the fact that you could dress up like any of the girls in his class. Like, like that uniform, that school uniform that he like designed for this. It became cosplay because it was so popular at a certain point. So mm-hmm. there's something here. I wish, I wish it was more obvious to me uh, on reading it, and I'm glad I got to get a little bit more out of it from talking to you guys about it. But yeah, it's not going to go on my favorite Shonen list, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm glad I got to read it. Thanks. I'm going to call your bluff and get that list at some point. We're going to keep down to the video. Yeah. I will, I will drop into the other window and make it right now. <laughs>
0: Chip, how about you? How was this experiment on your side?
3: I I think it was a it was only a a failure in the sense that like I bounced pretty hard off volume 55 because I couldn't I couldn't quite follow or, or get into any of it. Yeah. Uh, but I I still quite enjoyed volume 1 and I recognize that I would have enjoyed it even more if I'd come into it at a bit more of a formative age, I think. Hmm. But it's 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 one of those books that like I could totally picture handing off to like my ten eleven year old nephew to like hey you know you you, you finished Naruto all right check this out yeah and I think I think they they totally get into it even now
1: my eleven year old nice. nephew loved Bleach that's your that's your validation someone in my family
0: loved it so you're good to go
3: I don't need validation <laughs> that
1: was
0: David's it was David's not that he I, just did I just know
3: I just know. Yeah.
0: I just assume I get validation all the time. It's really a big (laughs) problem. I'm talking about with my therapist, (laughs) but um, too real for a moment. Yeah, Bleach (laughs) Volume One and the Fifty Five. There's, I think, there's a lot of merit to what Christopher says, even though he's completely wrong about the series and storytelling, because there was a point where I kind of quit reading Bleach once they got to, I think, the high twenties, early thirties in terms of volumes. I was like, there's like one or two cool things happening each volume, but like not a lot that I'm really feeling. So I took a long break from it. I think I said when I pitched the series that I was still getting the Shonen Jump subscription, the digital app. So I would always flip past it every week, getting to the comics that I actually wanted to read. And at a certain point I was like, man, like these drawings are getting really good again. And then I kind of Hmm. slipped right back into reading Bleach just in time for the grand finale. And something I really appreciate about that is how... Like, seeing one guy push his craft and his characters in a bunch of different directions. Some, to be fair, exceedingly cliché. Like, the everything with romance in this series. But then there's also a lot of moments that are like, here's our hero in the rain talking about like what his mom means to him. Like, these like neat little melancholy bits that punctuate the bombastic action and the focused totality of his psychic powers. <laughs> it makes it such a strange series to read sometimes, but kind of fun at the same time it's very light despite dealing with such heavy things and you're almost guaranteed to see something really awesome which is i think what i want most out of comics these days Mm. but yeah it is also a book meant for teenage boys so there's only so much you'll get out of it in your 30s and 40s i believe that's fine right hopefully
3: yeah yeah
1: i was already too old the first time i read it so
3: that's on me (laughs) I've been Jada since I was born,
0: (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) But thank you all for talking about Bleach with me. It's been fun getting perspectives on something that I like so much and it flipped through so often. Even just the title pages or something like I would call myself a fan of. I got a bunch of screenshots of those. They're all like named like good Radiohead songs. Is the only way to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great! I did have one last final thought.
1: Uh, Yeah, speaking of songs. They like give an Ashley MacIsaac song as the favorite song of Rukia Ruka, uh, I forgot her Ryukia. name already. Rukia in the last page, if you flip to the very last pages of Volume One, it says what uh, Ichigo's favorite song is and what Rukia's favorite song is. Rukia's favorite song is "Wingstock" from "Hi, How Are You Today" by Ashley MacIsaac, who's a Canadian. Uh, like sure. rock fiddle player, which was like, <laughs> yep. oh, that was kind of cool. I like, I like that. He gave her like real depth. That's like a weird ass <laughs> song to pick.
3: It's a very specific period in time. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: amazing. Well, we'll have to dig it up. Uh, it she goes is, is from Bad religions. so there you go. From Stranger Than Fiction. So we'll put maybe those will be our closing. Maybe we'll put little <laughs> snippets of those in the episode somehow there you go. and not get demonetized. Yeah. we'll see how it goes.
2: <laughs> well, that's what really fun about him, right? Because he seems to really love, he he mentioned in an interview how much he loves listening to music when he draws, and that influences how he draws. And he uses a lot of funky English <laughs> in his <Yeah>. title pages. <laughs> he also draws some pretty nice looking clothes that doesn't exist in real life. So I think he's pretty. He's yeah. a stylish. He's got a. He kind of always gave me this vibe of the guy who's drew manga, but he was not a nerd. Like he had, he had a yeah. life outside of comics.
0: I will say, I forgot one thing in my final thought. One of my favorite jokes, the second best joke in comics, after people getting confused for other people, is when someone draws poorly in a well-drawn comic book, kills me every time. So every time Rukia explained the Soul Society stuff with the little bunny drawings, yeah, I was done.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's so good. Oh my god, I forgot about
0: that. (laughs) And I think they made little charms and stuff out of those characters. It's like a running joke through the series. But yeah, so we're going to take a break, come back with some shout outs, and then uh, probably go home and read some more Bleach. We'll see you in a bit.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish
0: Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time.
3: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba da ba ba ba. All right. And we are back. And we're just going to do a couple of quick shout outs and then make our way out of here. Christopher, do you want to lead us off with anything? What have you got? Because I'm still thinking of mine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well we've got some enlightened self-interest today we just got the files in we're, we're gonna we're writing up a, a whole thing about this we just got the files in for our next manga license for msx the manga explaining extra newsletter and the first volume translation has come in from the translator and we're actually just about to start lettering it and we're gonna announce it any day now and release the first chapter so like yeah i've been working on this for about 18 months um <laughs> And manga licensing takes a long time when you, especially when you're not established, but yeah, I'm so, so hyped that this is finally happening. This is finally coming together because I think people are going to be really happy with this work. And I think it's going to maybe create sort of a chain reaction. This is a, our next book is by an author who hasn't been translated into English yet. And I think it's going to be super cool. And hopefully it'll mean a lot of their other work gets translated as well. Cause it's a really, really cool book. Yeah, any day now we'll be able to announce it, and that will be fun. So that's my shout-out, com, or, I don't know, links in the podcast description here, or on the website, or on the Twitter, like, it's very easy to get to. <laughs> go subscribe, it's free to subscribe, com. You need, like, a
0: jingle so that it gets stuck in people's heads. com. <laughs> there you <we> go. <laughs> Deb, how about you? What have you got for
2: us? Well... As Chris mentioned, I was in Japan last week and on my last night I went to see the Blue Giant movie which was so delightful and I'm so glad I made the effort to see it. It basically condenses all of volumes 5 through 10 in one movie.
0: Oh really? Uh-huh. Is that the one we read, volume 5?
2: We read volume 5 and 6.
0: Oh, yeah. awesome.
2: And oh, then it cool. it tells the entire story up to volume 10, which is that first arc. It's really delightful. And the music really, you finally get a sense like, oh, everyone ke- in the manga, everyone talks about how wonderful Dai's music is. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden you can hear it. Like, you <laughs> know, it's like, oh, this is great. I mean, some things are definitely condensed. And some, some moments, I think, character building moments that really give you a, a sense of the depth of each character's arc and development is missing. And mm-hmm. the ending is slightly different but in a satisfying way, such that you could just watch it and feel like, ah, oh, I got everything I needed out of this, out of Blue Giant, even if I watched anything. Although there's a part of the end where that it like, leads to opening. If they ever decide to make another Blue Giant movie, a uh, Blue Giant Supreme, but we shall see, because that mm. still hasn't gotten licensed in English yet either. But it was worth it. I was really happy I went. I understand just enough Japanese to kind of get what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: and of course, <laughs> I read it. a super fan of the manga. Oh yeah. And plus they had they had an amazing program you could buy. Like it was shaped like a record album. Oh wow. And you could pull it out and it looked like it was had this gloss finish that looked like a record and it was like a 30-page a booklet with interviews and with hmm. all the all the creators and the voice actors and the director had character sketches and all kinds of behind the scenes stuff and it made you feel like damn. Movie going in Japan is next level. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like they really know their target audience that's wild
2: yeah. in the lobby that you because was the demon slayer movie as well there was all kinds of souvenirs you could buy for demon slayer and it's like <laughs> oh this is something else <laughs> I highly recommend it if you can understand a little Japanese it's a fun experience
1: cool Deb did you know that, that mm-hmm. the movie was going to start at volume 5 when you started us with volume 5
2: no it was a delightful <laughs> <Wow>. surprise <laughs>
1: Wow,
0: you are plugged in. That's awesome. Yeah, Deb is a <laughs> genius. People really don't realize that enough, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Chip, how about you? Do you have anything you want to shout out?
3: Sadly, no. I have consumed almost nothing. Well, I mean, maybe not nothing. I've been uh, watching a new season of Taskmaster, which I've already mentioned on this show. Oh, yeah. Nice. And with every season of Taskmaster, I develop a crush on one or more of the contestants. <laughs> so yeah, that's been fun. But that's it. That's that's my life. I just I just I do podcasts and I I make comics and I'm incredibly You write a newsletter and too. And I read it's a newsletter.
1: It's just zdarsky.substack.com,
3: right? com. yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of planning cuz I'm doing a a road trip to promote comic books. So I don't just make comic books. I go to shops and I try and hand sell them to people. <laughs> So that's my that's nice. my plan. It'll be fun doing this on the road.
1: Where will you be? when When will this when will
3: this be? I'm doing a big chunk of Canada, basically for the entire month of May, signing every second day in a new shop in a new city. Wild. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be something to hold up in weird hotel rooms, trying to do this podcast, trying to read <laughs> Pluto. <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah.
0: Cool, David. What's your newsletter? Uh, do I have, oh yeah, or tinyletter.com slash superdavidbros, which doesn't really make sense as any kind of username or nickname, but I've been writing brothers that way since I was a child. Because of Mario, yeah. if you don't know. Mm. But, <laughs> because of Mario. <laughs> because of, you know, the, the Mario. <laughs> yeah, the Mario Marios of the New Jersey Marios. Yeah. Earlier when Christopher said, I think Chip and Deb also agreed that like finding bleach at the right age is very important. And something else I found when I was very young was Spider-Man. Like I've been Spider-Man was my first comic. It's one of my favorite things ever. And I kind of dip in and out of reading the comics these days. Hmm. But the most recent run written by Zeb Wells, mostly drawn by John Romita Jr., one of like the all time greatest Spider-Man artists ever, has been really fun. Yeah. And the first story arc is like a four parter with Tombstone, who is one of my most favorite (laughs) Spider-Man villains. It's really good. (laughs) It's so good. So that's my shout out. Any comic you have within like arm's distance that has Tombstone or is written by Zeb Wells or drawn by John Romita Jr. Check one of those out. If you can get all three, you know, jackpot. Way to go.
3: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double shout out that because I, I, I don't read a lot of the Marvel DC books for a variety of reasons. But I really love Zeb as a person. And I find mm-hmm. him really funny and charming in real life. And I love John Romita Jr. So I'm like, oh, I'll check it out in my, you know, PDFs that I get from Marvel. And it's super fun. Like it's a it's a yeah. it has a real classic feeling, and the jokes land. And Tombstone is uh, kind of better than he's ever been before as a character. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's a real good. treat.
0: <laughs> yeah, the they yeah. really Charlie Brown Peter Parker up, which is something I really like about the character. At one point, he has a <laughs> birthday party, and the splash page is them yelling "Go away, Peter Parker!" and everyone looks disappointed <laughs> that he's there. <laughs> Just <laughs> stuff like that, classic Spider-Man yeah. stuff. It's good, it's good, it's good, solid. Yeah. And that has been an episode of Manga Explaining, I think. We read Bleach, Volume 1 in 55 by Taito Kubo. We shouted out some cool stuff, and hopefully we enlightened all of our listeners as to all the different perspectives there are on the masterpiece that is Bleach. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we will see all next. Except,
2: except, why is it called Bleach? Oh that yeah, cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think I think someone asked him this after the series ended and he was like it just had a cool sound a cool feel he also designed like the logo with the flames coming out of the side yeah which I feel like says all oh, you need to know cool
1: about Bleach yeah hmm? it's the same name as Nirvana's first album right
2: mm. he likes oh. music someone yeah, pin him down sure. on that
1: yeah. <laughs> you have access to Taite Kubo you'd be like come on Nirvana just admit it
3: yeah. So if only someone had interviewed
0: him at some point
3: and could have asked it at the time, but oh well. We'll
0: have to engineer another one.
2: I tried. <laughs> but I have a sensitivity towards asking the questions that would have Gavin artist look at me like, seriously, that's what you want to use your time with me to ask? <laughs> I
0: have no shame, so hook me up. I will make it happen. But that has been an episode of Manga Explaining. We will catch you all next week. This has been Manga Explaining, episode 93, Bleach. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Pop Team Epic. You want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at MangaSplaining.com and check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at MangaExplainingExtra.com. Thanks to DADS for the musical accompaniment this
3: episode.